0: I'm Andrew Faust, here at the Center for Bioregional Living with Permaculture Perspectives. Today, I'm going to talk about, oh, some of the mythologies that are not so positive as a militarized, industrialized, and beaten-down society. What are some of the latest disempowering And gutting propaganda tools that are being used to keep the public from rising up collectively. And I'm sure you're all familiar with this tendency in our economy to consistently need to create a new adversary. A new enemy. A new... Bad person out there to personify, in effect, an entire nation and then demonize them, and then you know, work the American public into a froth that's utterly irrational about how to deal with or relate to people that you've created a really negative image of. So, right now, I think you can imagine. Who I'm going to be referring to that this country has created as the latest, awful, must-be, just completely expunged from our mental landscape as a population that we have anything good to say about. And that is, right now, this rhetoric around the nation-state of China. Why I wanted to do this podcast and today talk about this because we're having a little morning coffee talk here with some friends from France who are visiting and discussing American politics and I've realized that there really is this tendency to assume that all Americans have a negative opinion of China. And so I thought, well, how about if I do a short podcast about this and just share some thoughts and viewpoints that I shared with our friends here that I could tell were news to them, interesting perspectives. So I thought I'd walk you all down here by our stream, one of my favorite areas to... Collect thoughts. And here, by this waterway of fresh water, a gift in the world today, I'm going to share with you why it is that I feel a sense of deep sorrow and sadness about this attitude that we have in this country towards China. And to share also why it is that it's so utterly, completely, empirically, objectively wrong. No accuracy to it at all. Why am I not afraid of China? Because if you look at Who in the world today has the most embodied potential to inflict harm upon anyone else in the world than them as a nation-state? Who? And what you'll find is that the United States is absolutely the most armed to the teeth with chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons, and... We are the only country in the world that has done things like seized an island, the Bikini Ito in the South Pacific, from its native people and blown up an atomic bomb there and utterly, permanently destroyed the land that the native people came from and moved them back once to Bikini and it turned out oh they were wrong the radiation levels were too high moved them back off and where they were moving them to and from was this eye toll that nobody had inhabited before and it turned out there was a very good reason for that it was a completely awful place to live where these native folks who had had the beautiful island paradise of bikini stolen from them by the united states military where they then set up ships in the bay where they chained livestock to the decks of the ships and then went out, you know, they had a group of infantry people, low-level people in the military, that were just within the outermost circle of where they figured the detonation of the bomb would effect with its blast range. And then the higher-ups were miles away on a big ship watching their big fireworks show and saying hooray to themselves and patting themselves on the back. For having utterly, completely blown up, destroyed, and contaminated with radiation. Let me go there again. Contaminated with radiation. Permanently. For thousands of years. With plutonium as the center of the detonation device. And the only place plutonium is generated in the world is in nuclear power plants all nuclear power plants have been built to create fissionable materials for nuclear bombs, and in particular, thermonuclear bombs. And as we track that history back to Rocky Flats and the explosion that happened there, for instance, that was the equivalent of somewhere around 70 nuclear bombs exploding at once was because they handled the little disks there that are key to the detonation trigger device of hydrogen thermonuclear devices which are 10 times and 100 times more powerful than the good old nuclear bomb that was dropped on hiroshima and nagasaki again an act unprecedented in world history only exerted by the united states and when you go there today and say are people still suffering do we see crazy cancer rates and birth deformities in nagasaki and Oh, lo and behold, in fact, we do, and it is in the places that are right in the epicenter where the detonation happened, and it's clear that historically Nagasaki was a test, not a necessary political message to the Japanese people that the United States now had the ability to do egregious harm that would ripple throughout the genetic history of their people for thousands of years. And I think that as Americans, we still don't grasp the difference in harm that's inflicted when we use depleted uranium and bullets in Iraq and leave the entire desert floor of Mesopotamia where the first cities emerged, scattered with a pollution load that will literally cause genetic cellular harm to an entire family tree for thousands of years. You know, the worst psychopaths in world history. People like Alexander the Great. And we say, how many people did they kill? And what was it like when we had crusades and when the Spanish conquistadors killed? And when the Catholic Church, under the, Igis of a holy war... And conversion killed people. They were just killing that individual. There is a distinct, substantive, and sizable difference between simply killing somebody as a present manifestation of their family tree and leaving behind when you kill them A material that is going to cause all future generations of that region to struggle with potential permanent genetic harm through the little rays that continue to emanate from the bullet that you used. It is important to walk through the details of this legacy because it comes back to why it is I'm so confident, so firm in my position of saying The Chinese nation is a paltry actor in terms of its capacity to contaminate, destroy, and hold the world's people hostage with a gun to their heads in the way that the American United States military-industrial complex has done and is doing and will continue to do. And why it is, and I'm so confident in saying, we have nowhere to go but up in this country. Because all we've done from the very beginning is go down, down, down. And we have dug ourselves quite a deep grave. From which I'm confident that the first thing we need to do to get out of a hole is to stop digging. Digging. And what translates for this country and for us as individuals listening to this, what I hope to share with you is to recognize that our power is so readily accessible for us that it simply takes our awareness of it to bring it into play for us. And that power... lies in recognizing that no matter where we live, no matter who we are, we are part of a community, and that community is where we need to be applying our minds and our hearts and our bodies to improving life, improving our own life and improving our neighbors and our town and village and watershed all the individuals and beings and life forces that reside within proximity and are directly interconnected to us through things like water systems and topography to recognize these communities and engage with each other and our landscapes in ways that are Restorative. We don't need to fly on planes to Nepal and Africa to help people who are starving. What we need to do is help people right here in the village Vellenville in Ulster County, in the Rondout Watershed, in the Hudson Valley Watershed, in the five boroughs of New York City, throughout the northeastern corridor. We need to help everybody here, right here. We have a lot of work right here. We don't need to be contributing one dime to NGOs who are purportedly solving international issues that actually all are rooted in inequities that need to be addressed right here and as they are addressed. Interestingly enough, I'm confident to say that the ripple effect will be such that many of the issues throughout the world that we're flying abroad and doing exotic relief work for will be resolved. And until we solve these issues at home in this country, we have no right to be pointing our finger abroad and calling somebody else a bad actor. China is not the bad actor or the concern on the world stage that it's being artificially pumped up to be. What's actually the worst actor and where our most important focused work needs to be is the United States, the American people, and the way in which our military economy has perpetuated arms sales and violence around the globe. And as we get arms companies out of power or position and get them out of our economy and create an economy that's about local prosperity, local abundance without even needing to be involved in a money exchange because there's just so much interesting and meaningful work to do that provides us with so many tangible and physical real yields like food to eat and good air to breathe and good water to drink and the use of our bodies doing physically meaningful things in the world around us, building things, growing things, helping other human beings. These are the things that keep us healthy and vital. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with this illusory puppet figure that's been propped up on the world stage of, say, China or Russia or any other nation in the world. What we need to do in the world and as a country and as individuals is to disconnect from the media and the propaganda machine and to purposefully unplug and to connect to the rhythms of nature By sitting outside more, being outside more, seeking out each other's company in natural outdoor spaces with abundant air and abundant trees. And begin to repower and retool and reskill ourselves as a people and as individuals to truly put the means of production into the hands of the people. And we will address fundamentally and substantially what all this fear mongering right now that only a petty undeveloped child who had no sense of positive upbringing and was unfortunately raised to believe that the best way to get ahead was to be mean and to dominate in a violent fashion your friends we need to evolve as a nation state upon a mentality that is mature, caring, conscientious Perhaps some pre-existing structures that could work would be to really spend time as an international community making the United Nations what it could be, which is much more than what it has been. It is not defined fully by what it has been. More valuably, it's defined by what it could be. And this country has a lot of gall. To be flailing around the world and trying to make out some sleight of hand manner to create a veil of illusion that distracts the world stage and most importantly the american people from recognizing that our work is at home we need to feed the hungry here we need to clothe and provide really nice housing for people who have no homes We need to open our borders in a way that is caring, conscientious, and generative. We have more than enough to go around in this country, and we will have even more when we recognize that a people-powered, human-scale economy is superior in its resilience and its longevity and its humanity than any industrial, centralized, long-distance transportation, fossil fuel and nuclear-powered economy ever could be or ever will be. The new economy is an economy by the people, for the people, where we take care of our most in need at home first, closest at hand. And as we can see that we are beginning to do a good job of that as communities, then that has a ripple effect throughout the world that will never happen if we jump on petrochemical-powered jet airplanes to feed some meals to a family in the Himalayas or in the mountains of the Caucasus. So for today, I wanted to speak to you and hopefully offer some useful perspectives on thinking about the world stage, the American people, the political process, And why disengaging utterly from the propaganda machine and reconnecting completely your time, your energy, and your mental attention with watching a plant. Watching some insects crawling on the stem of a flower is going to be what it is that gives us the awareness of what we can do next to have a meaningful, positive life with ourselves our families, and the world around us. So thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. Breathe, drink good water, and turn off technology and turn on your connection to your biology. Notice your breath. Notice the breeze. Notice what your ears are telling you and your heart and your mind and your hands. We'll begin to have a synthesis of awareness that is non-verbal, upon which we can build the more complex constructs of a verbal understanding in an articulate and designed manner by which to go about constructing and manifesting a better world for ourselves and our communities today. Enjoy your time on this earth. (tries) we <tries> you. <makes> no. <noise>